The prophet foretells the birth of the Savior. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it, and with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Thanks be to God. St. Luke tells of the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to marry him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Thanks be to God. John unveils the mystery of the Incarnation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men and women. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lexi. Good job, as David said, yes. Now look, we're always trying to get to the heart of Christmas. Every year, all over the world, people like me stand up and try to put their finger exactly on what the central aspect of Christmas is. And, you know, we know it when we see it. But it's often difficult to put it into words. So that picture, if you look at your service sheet, that picture in front of that service sheet is quite useful. On the one hand, it's just a couple of Middle Eastern people looking at a baby. But there's more to it than that. 
There's an intense love of the mother to the child. There's the protective arm of the father around the mother while he too loves the baby. There's the light in the foreground and the rather rustic crib. And you can just make out the beams of a stable behind. And then to put the whole thing in three dimensions, there's you looking at the picture. You know, the heart is the organ that pumps blood around the body. It's therefore central to our aliveness. But the word, you know, has other meanings. The heart is also the seat of innermost feelings, the seat of emotions, especially love and affection, the seat of courage, 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 the word heart is in the word courage. Also, heart means the inner part of things. Now, in this picture, there is an intensity of love. And the heart of Christmas is that which drives love around. The heart of Christmas is that which drives love around. It's something that's been going on for centuries, that heart of Christmas. And here we are thinking about it again. You know, love is the foundation of all things. Not money, not power, not quarks, but love. Love actually is the essence of creation. Love is defined as self-giving without the expectation of reward. Love is self-giving without the expectation of reward. An impulse to create that has no thought but the creation itself. Which is why often we say that creation is an act of love. And in that picture, you can see that love intensely. You can see it happening in the most basic circumstances. A baby being born in a stable. And yet, there between those three people is that love. And we know there's more to that from this picture because the story says that this baby represents the hopes and dreams of the world, the light of the world. The world became flesh, as Lexi read, and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory. And you can see that in the picture. As we do every year when it comes to Christmas, we see the images, we hear the carols, we sense the magic. But to get to the heart of Christmas, we have to become more than just observers. I said earlier on that a part of that picture on the service sheet was you looking at it. And the same is true in getting to the heart of Christmas. For us to fully appreciate what Christmas is about we have to bring ourselves into it. We have to actually become the heart of Christmas. So often in our lives, we end up observing and then commenting on what we've observed. In that way, you know, we're not really involved. We're on the periphery. For Christmas to really happen for you, you know, you have to become the beating heart of that love. You have to be the one who is the seat of innermost feelings. You have to be the seat of emotions, especially love and affection. You have to be the seat of courage, the inner part of everything. You have to be the one that's pumping love around the environment. More than that, you have to be the word become flesh and dwelling amongst us. You have to become the word become flesh. You literally have to become the incarnation. 
which means incarnate, that's flesh. Incarnate, the spirit made flesh, incarnation. Anything else is just observing. And if Jesus was born for anything, it was not that we look at him like the shepherds, adoring what we see. He came to show us the potential of humanity, that we could become the light of the world. Because we all have within us that divinity. We all have the capability to do miracles. We have the capacity to give our lives to others, to forgive those who make us suffer. And we have the capacity to transform our pain into love. You know, so often we actually miss the heart of Christmas because we're not willing to be that heart ourselves. We're content to be in the bleachers, watching the game, rather than on the pitch playing. Which is why some of us feel, and I think of us do, that life's passing us by. Your life becomes a film that you observe. You know, you look at it, but there's a disconnection that you cannot quite put your finger on. You're living it for what might comes next. And it's all in your head like a film. To break that, you have to be willing to take the field yourself. To recognize that it is not the love that you're looking for, but the love, you know, the love, not the love you're looking to receive that's important, but the love that you're willing to give. When we think about what might be the heart of Christmas, it's tempting to think about the baby Jesus. But it's interesting, it's not called Jesus Mass. It isn't called Jesus Mass, it's called Christ Mass. And Christ is the eternal word, present in all things. Christ is present in this lectern, in the flame, and in you and me. Yes, very present in Jesus, but also you and me as well. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. In the beginning of you, he was there. And Jesus' message to us was that the Christ was in him, but in us also. He said that we could do even greater things than him. He said that he was in the Father, but we were in him, and he was in us. So to focus on the heart of Christmas, it's not the baby Jesus, it's the Christ that was in him and in us. So for us really to get to the heart of Christmas, we have to recognize that we are it. We are each of us the heart of our own Christmases. And if we don't really feel that we're experiencing the fullness of Christmas or even life, then we have to get onto the field and play. And we have to play our part. And how do you do that? You might yourself have a feeling that life's passing you by and you're not quite sure why. Well, the reason, as I said, is that often it's all in our heads, like a film. You're just looking at the picture, passing by, and commenting on it a lot in your heads. But if you break that fourth wall any time, you can break it any time you want, and you can enter the picture simply by being willing to get out of your head and into the present moment, to be here now attentive, involved, giving rather than commenting. And doing that, you break the fourth wall and you come into a different dimension. You come into this dimension rather than this dimension. And in so doing, you enter the picture yourself. This coming out of your thoughts and into the present moment breaks down the wall between you and your life. And suddenly you're there, you're in that fourth dimension. Thankful for being alive, 
feeling the beating of your heart, feeling the breath in your lungs, the air on your skin, and the sight of what's right in front of you, the sound, the smell, the taste in your mouth, you are entering, not the twilight zone, but the sacrament of the present moment. And suddenly you are alive in a new way. Not in your head, but in your consciousness. And time at that moment is endless because this is what it means to be alive to the gift of eternal life. Last page, so don't panic. Gratitude and thanksgiving are the gates through which you enter a new relationship with your lives. We begin to live a life of wonder, a wonder at the mystery of life and how we came to be, how all of this came to be. And we don't really know the answers We just wonder at what is, and everything becomes a wonder, a marvel, a miracle, an astonishment. Khalil Gibran said, and could you keep your heart in wonder at the daily miracles of your life? Your pain would not seem less wondrous than your joy. To enter this world of wonder, that's the present moment, is almost to go through the wardrobe and enter into your very own Narnia. It is to go through a wardrobe. To begin with, it feels cold and austere. However, as you find that it's, that's only because you're unfamiliar with it, and you're only just arriving at a place that was previously abandoned through lack of care and gratitude, and you begin to see a thaw. And what was previously seen as boring begins to open up to new sights and sounds that you'd previously missed. This is what it is to be enlightened, if you wondered. This is what being enlightened is, because now you're free to enjoy the Garden of Eden that was always there for you. It's then that you become the beating heart of love for those around you. You become what you were always meant to be. You become the heart of love. So remember, when you gather around together tomorrow or tonight, find that heart of Christmas within you and share it with others.